2: Hide your kids. kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts.
3: Complete with
2: breaking news, flash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Joel podcast.
4: Oh, yeah. You heard it here first, everybody. Jeff Bezos is going to space, and Chad Sowash is carrying his bags. What's up, kids? It's your favorite podcast. This is Joel. The moon is made out of cheese, man. Cheeseman. And I'm Chad, drinking in Portland, Silwash. On this week's show, take this job and shove it. Cybersecurity is the new control, and an ice cream shop in Pittsburgh says, hold my cookies and cream.
3: You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually, it's kind of fun. Sovereign, software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner.
4: I love the evening shows, there's a whole different vibe. <laughs> I'm enjoying a nice bourbon on the rocks. How about you?
2: <laughs> that's a Cascade lakes pineapple ipa
4: baby and you got some mood lighting going on right is that right a little portland <laughs> oh yeah yeah you gotta have the mood in portland baby so dude you are the globe trotter man you were in costa rica you're in louisville which isn't quite much of a stretch but now you're in portland yeah Then we're going to Chicago. The road trip begins. Uh, The summer of love starts. Chicago and then Cleveland (laughs) are on the – we're starting slow. We're starting slow. Yeah. Chicago and Cleveland in June. Yeah. So does does Portland have your – is that your favorite beer city? No. I mean – no. Portland
2: Portland uh, IPA, I love IPAs, but they are more kind of like Portland has their own or Oregon has their own type of mm-hmm. bitter type of IPAs. Uh, I love the Midwest IPAs. I mean, they're more hazy, they're more dank, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I mean, hell, I, I'll, I'll sit here and drink all day. I love it. But I, I, anybody who's coming to Portland, I've got to give you some tips. You want to stay in the Pearl District, number one. Number two, don't rent a car because parking is a fucking mess in this goddamn town, and it's expensive (laughs) as shit. Uh, Wander around on a lime scooter, eat, drink, be merry, and last but not least, beer.
4: Just do it. Surprisingly, I've never been to Portland. So, really? your tips will come in handy one day, I'm sure, yeah, yeah,
2: no, it's it's uh, I'm tell you, you come here we've been we've both been to Austin. Austin is weird. They have this kind of hippie vibe, but they yep. are not even close to what a hippie really is. This place, Oregon, is where hippies live. The the, the fake hippies are in Austin.
4: Yeah. Um, By the way, if you haven't seen uh, the Portlandia video (laughs) about the dream of the 90s is still alive video, it's fantastic. Took me down memory lane because I remember the 90s. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I did. Probably not before much of the it, internet, yes, yes. before the
4: internet, before smartphones, yeah,
2: faxes, yeah.
4: copiers, was a wonderful, naive, innocent time, <laughs> the 90s.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, some shout outs here in Portland. I actually had mm-hmm. coffee this morning with my man Matt Miller from 1220. Uh, I was like, hey, you want to meet like at a Pete's coffee or something like that? He's no, nah, not that shit. He's a, he's a coffee snob. He's like, meet me at Sisters. And we'll do some coffee. So we did that. Tomorrow, we're gonna have dinner with our favorite person in the world, Alin Bailey. Oh, we're gonna, yes. Gonna reach out to Tyler, see if he can join us. Tyler weeks, but uh, yeah, gonna gonna get a chance to see Alin. So pretty pretty stoked about that.
4: Very nice, very nice. I got a shout out for John Malore. John Mallore was the CEO and or president at Work in Sports. Now no one will know oh, this yeah. site probably, but this dude's been around for a long time. That site launched in two thousand out of Phoenix and he's been to every TA Tech, oh, I A E W S, yeah. every conference. So Work in Sports acquired by iHire a few Ooh. a few months ago actually, but it became official recently. John, this shot of bourbon's for you, buddy. Way to go, John. That's awesome. Big shout out to Matt O'Donnell. So you know
2: how Spotify provides, and well, they kind of pull together your listening habits. It's kind of freaky, but they pull uh-huh. it together and then they present you with like this really cool visual. You've seen those, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Matt Odell, Loyal listener and Pappy's winner, by the way. He tweeted one of those personal visuals Spotify creates uh, about your listening habits. And it says, quote, playing the Chad and Cheese podcast in the morning is pretty much the most
4: you thing ever. (laughs) I teared up a little when I saw that. Oh,
1: hell no
4: very nice right that's that's really great marketing cuz you can share that list on social right like i've seen that before yep, that's yep. fucking great marketing way to go spotify shout out to you well i got a shout out for uh for michael cox he is our monthly whiskey winner and people Love are it. taking us to heart when we said send us send us your audio files with shout outs and comments so michael has some words for us here on the show
2: Ooh, okay Chad and Cheese, Michael Cox here. Wanted to say, first of all, love the show. Second of all, you guys send T-shirts out. You're clothing me. I got a T-shirt for my birthday last year. Now you're getting me drunk. You're sending me a nice little bottle in the mail. I cannot say thank you enough. Much appreciated. Have a good one. Take care.
4: Holy shit. Feel the
2: love, man. Oh,
4: again. God. God. Again, tearing up. Just tearing up on this show. Can't, Can't do it. So I gotta say, if you haven't taken us up on chadcheese.com slash free, it's a real thing, people. People are actually getting drunk. They're getting dressed because of us. <laughs> if you haven't signed up, we got shirts from Emissary, we got whiskey from Sovereign, and we got beer from Adzuna. What are you waiting for? Chadcheese.com slash
2: Free. Amazing. Shout out to Sir Richard Collins for the comments and insights on LinkedIn around the uh, who would or could acquire Broadbean. Uh, this was all started by our newest interview with Rob Prince about the programmatic space. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Prince of Programmatic on chadcheese.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: That's right, and don't forget Matt Charney interview with him, and thank you to <laughs> Hung Lee for adding us to his uh, newsletter. But he's right; Matt does not do a lot of interviews, and if he's going to do one, he should do it with us, Chad Cheese and Charney. I mean, I feel I feel a vibe there. You gotta you gotta check it out if you haven't listened yet. It was snarkalicious, that's for sure. It was snarkalicious, hazy, <laughs> hazy, hazy snarkalicious, hazy, hazy.
2: So it, it is June. It's Pride Month, which means uh, Chad and Cheese had to put out LGBTQ plus for dummies because we're dummies with special guest host and expert Michelle Raymond from My G Work. This is Pride Month, obviously, and instead of creating rainbow logos, which every, everybody seems to do, instead of just doing that yeah. – uh, you know, for us, Chad and G is about education. It's about understanding, and it's about seriously just giving a shit about the community. So we thought we'd take some time. We put together this uh, limited series, and every Monday in June, check out the feed LGBTQ plus for dummies. We did part one last Monday. You can go find it. Next Monday with part two, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
4: Very nice. So shout out to uh, our friends at Jobbite, sponsors of the show. I was on their summer to evolve webinar series. They let me kick off kick off the uh, the summer of love, I guess, if you will. <laughs> uh, I was I was on with Michael Wright at Group M, who I think it's fair to say he's a he's a fan of the show. Yep. Uh, also Pete Lamson, the new CEO over there. So uh, shout out to Jobvite. That was a lot hey. of fun. If you, I think I think your wife is on an upcoming one, and Hung Lee. Two name drops for Hung Lee today. That's that's good for him. So he's on the next <laughs> webinar. So basically, I feel like the warm up, the warm up act for Hung Lee. So that's that's nice. Yeah, or the fluffer for Hung Lee. That (laughs) maybe sounds more appropriate for our favorite Uh, porn star,
2: dude. Yeah. So I wake up this morning, and my wife is on a uh, some type of event. And mm-hmm. uh, it was for Harvard University. <laughs> like what the flying fuck? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, thanks, oh, babe. Thanks. Yeah, I know you're that. the smart one in the family. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Shout out Stephen Rothberg, who has our second audio shout out. I love these of the week. Yeah, keep these coming. Send them to chat or me if you've got uh, questions, comments, or shout outs. Here's Steve. Hey, a yeah, shout out to Jeff
2: Dickey Chasens, better known as the job board doctor. This is Steven Rothberg with College Recruiter. Jeff has been helping a sick relative recover um, from an illness, and so basically playing a real doctor um, for that relative. Uh, we're all thinking about you and pulling for your relative and just wishing you guys all the best for a very speedy and very complete Recovery. Our best, Jeff.
4: The doctor. I love him. Dude survived a heart attack a couple of years ago. You remember that? Yeah. And now he's healing other people. Yeah. It's like yeah. fucking medicine woman.
2: Remember, I, th- I think we actually brought him back. They put the earbuds in. He was, yeah. I think he listened to Chad and Cheese. It was like, clear. Chad and Cheese. Yeah. Hide your kids. Lock the door. Yeah. He's back. He's yes. back. Fuck yeah. No, I gotta got give it to you. He's, he's one of the, the best people in our industry. Just more human than human. So, job or doctor, we love you, man. Uh, last but not least for me, we gotta pimp mm-hmm. the new Chad and Cheese European Edition, which is going oh, to be coming yeah. out next Wednesday, kids. That's right, you've all been asking for it. We've been listening. We just wanted to make sure we did this shit right. And, uh, so next week we're going to try to do it right. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but we, we've got in coming on from house of HR. So we actually have an embedded European with our mm-hmm. dumb American asses.
4: 20 years experience. dude. We, we, we found our equivalent in Belgium. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I'm excited about it. How about you?
4: Oh, dude, I'm pumped. Like we love Europe. Europe loves us. Yes. It just makes sense that we should have a show dedicated to all the cool shit that's going down in Europe because all the cool shit is going down in Europe. And uh, (laughs) I'm just excited to learn more. I, I think this will be more of a show about us asking questions and sort of shutting up and learning more about the continent than it will be about us, you know, just spewing trash trash talking.
1: Yeah, that's doubtful. That's very doubtful. Yeah, yeah. I'm
4: excited. I mean, it's it's a right. complicated continent with a lot of countries and cultures and and I'm excited about that.
2: Uh yeah, this is going to happen uh every other Wednesday. So we're going to have a uh, bi-monthly and uh, again, depending on, you know, how much news comes in from that area, who knows, it might actually blow up to a weekly show. Uh might take on a life of its own. Who the hell knows, but we're going to oh, get yeah. it done.
4: And how much fun did we have making the intro? for that show. If you don't listen to anything else, just listen to the intro. It's pretty dope. It's not Christopher Walken or Morgan Freeman, but it's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, and it's not Winston Churchill either. But anyway, my last shout-out, Nancy from Philly. Nancy! I'm going to do my best to pronounce her last name, Barisavoy. Uh She's celebrating a birthday this week. Loves the show. Nancy, it uh, looks like she's with a new company, in Informatica. I didn't know that she moved. So, shout-out to her, man. Have a, have a happy... Happy birthday. And with that... Jobs unfilled. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Job openings in April surged to a record high of 9.3 million. This is according to the U.S. Labor Department. Uh, This is an increase of 1 million from the record-setting numbers in March. The leisure and hospitality sector rose 32.7% during the month. Almost 4 million people... Four million people quit their jobs in April as well yeah that 's yeah. nearly double the number of people who quit one year earlier. Nearly half of america's small businesses can 't find workers. This is according to the National Federation of Independent Business. The seasonally adjusted 48% reporting unfilled job openings is a record high. In April, nearly one-third of people handing in their notice were retail workers who made up 116,000 of the 324,000 people who quit jobs that month. This is according to a recent job openings and labor turnover survey. Retailers are reluctant here's the key folks. Retailers are reluctant to raise wages and erode their margins and are losing workers to employers who pay more. Chad, it's it's anarchy. But, but your favorite company, Kroger, Take this job and shove it. is holding a hiring event on Thursday, which may be the day after people listen to this, to fill 10,000 jobs. The event will offer virtual and in-store interviews for prospective staff in its retail, e-commerce, pharmacy, manufacturing, and logistical operations. The company has an average national wage, you'll enjoy this, of more than $15.50 per hour. Why are you giving them a hard time? Kroger added its benefits include a tuition reimbursement program, mental health counseling, and discounts on groceries, electronics, and streaming services. We're not done, Chad. A new survey from our friends at Jobcase said 93% of unemployed workers are currently not making more money with the COVID-19 relief package than they were prior to the pandemic. We've been fooled. This debunks the rhetoric around unemployment benefits being a disincentive for workers to reenter the workforce. The new survey found that a majority of unemployed workers are eager to get back to work. 59% are currently looking to return to full-time, and 26% have been looking for work for over a year. But the biggest obstacle to finding work right now is perceived job availability in their area, and COVID-19 remains a big Concern, According to co-founder and CEO Fred Goff, job seekers are eager to join employers and demonstrate commitment to their workers by providing living wages, upskilling opportunities, and career growth potential. He said, quote, employers cannot only attract great talent today, but they can hire for long-term retention. They simply need to step up and value workers as much as they do shareholders. It's that easy. Chad, you got to be loving some of this shit.
2: Fred Goff is fucking gangster. I love that dude, man. (laughs) He is so fucking smart. He's so nice, but he's so, so smart. And also in that survey, unemployed workers rank pay as their top consideration in selecting a job. 41%, Mm -hmm. right? So pay. I'm going to say that once again, pay. And then, you know, to go back to Kroger... I mean, fuck Kroger. They're a bad actor. You said, you said, you said they, they average. I love this. We average $15 an hour. Set a goddamn line in the sand. Don't start this bullshit averaging stuff. They're a bad actor with a CEO that makes $22 million a year and closed down several locations because the essential workers, you know, the people actually doing the hard manual work, labor, or the ones who are actually the face of Kroger in the stores face-to-face with the local community, you know, them, during the pandemic. Yeah, they closed several locations in California and with Washington because Mm -hmm. those locations wanted to extend the $4 per hour. Hero pay. Yes, a guy making $22 million a year makes the executive decision to close locations because of $4 an hour for essential workers.
1: Oh, hell no.
2: Kroger's lining up all this bullshit to try to make themselves look good in PR easily enough to say, fuck you, Kroger. Now, back to the the reason why the market looks the way that it does is – Job case actually demonstrates 41% that they're looking at pay. And for all of these companies who are saying, look, we're going to wait this out and we're just going to wait until they have to come back, which means what exactly are we telling Americans? We're telling them, shut up and work your shitty job with its shitty wage. If you take a look at how we're treating people today, and then we talk about the whole loyalty factor, which doesn't exist In corporate America today. Back in the day when we had unions that actually focused on ensuring there was a pension, there was longevity, that there was retention, that is literally 180 degrees of where we are today. And yet, and yet we wonder why we're having a problem. People aren't loyal to you. They don't give a fuck about your brand.
4: Yeah, you know, the the world is changing. I know that's a a cliche, but in in times where the world changes, there's a huge contingent that doesn't like that change and wants things to stay the same. And I think you're seeing that in mass with a lot of, well, the majority of employers. I think it's a little bit of like, we want to stay rich and keep the money up top. And there's a little bit of if we pay more, we're going to be in trouble and those people have to come to grips with the fact that maybe they have a bad business that can't pay people a solid wage. I think as this thing continues to unfold, it becomes clear to me that, that things aren't going to change and go back to the way they were. Things are going to change in the way that it's just going to happen and that wages are going up. Prices are also going up. There's going to be inflation. You're going to pay more for those chicken nuggets. Yeah. You're going to pay for more, more for that dry cleaning and that car wash. And that's just the way that it is. And that's the way, that's the way the world's going. Otherwise, what's, I mean, what's, you know, what's, what's the alternative? Empty restaurants because you want to continue, you know, selling quesadillas for less, <laughs> Instead of adding a couple dollars to the price tag, like I get that you don't want to, you don't want your quesadillas to be two dollars more than the the quesadilla maker down the street, but ultimately everyone's coming up to two dollars. It's just a matter of time.
2: Also, we have to we have to focus on the margins and the profits that corporate America has actually made over the last fifty years. We've seen amazing growth, so the profits are there to be able to say that margins are eroding is total bullshit. They're not eroding. What's eroding? is the American dream.
4: Yeah. I mean, by the way, you know, going back in time, I think it was, you know, uh, Ford who said, you know, I need to pay my workers enough that they can buy my cars. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, the logic around that is, well, if you're paying these folks more, we know by historical standards that the money is going to go back into the system. So this thing might actually work for everyone's benefit. If more people are making more money and more money is coming back into the system and around we go, that's probably a good thing. And being fearful of that is probably we're finding a negative thing. Yeah. Well, we've seen the last 50
2: years, the money's been going to the top and Mm -hmm. it's actually going into wealth strategies, right? Which does not go back into the market buying jeans, buying chicken nuggets, buying any of that stuff. If it would have trickled down, which it never did, if it would have trickled down so that the, the middle class and the low wage workers would have seen a boost in wages, those dollars would have gone directly back into the market and it would have juiced the market. So yeah. what we're doing is we're playing this whole game of propaganda, which we'll talk about more in this, in this podcast, to be able to design a narrative, to engineer a narrative to say why they can't pay for people to actually have a wage where they can live on, their families can yeah. live on. It's total bullshit.
4: There's a great article, I think it was in ProPublica. Oh, God, dude. Did you see that? Yes. About the, it's basically, I mean, it's a strategy, right? I yes. mean, rich people, basically, their, money, you know, their, their wealth is tied in st- you know, the value of stock, and they borrow money against that stock, and then paying off the debt isn't taxed in the same way that uh, income is or dividends are, and, and they yeah. can actually pay it after they die. So it's literally like... Make the money, borrow it, and then die and then and then the debt gets paid off and that obviously is a loophole that will have to be addressed and I think also with uh I think also in the news this week was sort of a, a baseline of of corporate taxation and the g20 is gonna go you know a ways of of helping to create equality around the world and and create you know the the googles of the world and apples you know can't just drop you know drop drop anchor in uh Ireland and uh you know not pay taxes
2: yeah yeah well well that being said, I mean we're talking about mainly m- middle to to lower wage workers now, and those are the individuals who are face to face What about the work from home side of the house right? Yeah. What do we
4: see with Apple this week some some big stories uh out of that so uh, there's a there's a uh, there's a battle on the uh the lower income in and there's a battle on the higher income in so roughly uh in a new survey, roughly half of workers said they would turn down a job offer. Uh, that mandated full-time in the office work. Take
1: this job and
4: it. Apple came out as well this week. Employees are being asked to return to the office three days a week, starting in early September. Most employees will be asked to come into the office on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays with the option of working remotely on Wednesdays and Fridays. So this is a new casual Friday, I guess. In an email to Worker's CEO, Tom Cook, said, there has been something essential missing from this past year each other. Video conference calling has narrowed the distance between us to be sure, but there are things it simply cannot replicate, end quote. Apple's stance on remote work, while getting more relaxed, is still conservative compared to the other tech giants. In May, Google announced that 20% of its workforce would be able to work from home permanently. Mark Zuckerberg has said that remote work is the future and told Facebook employees they can all work from home, forever so as long as they get their managers approval a forbes article said quote the entire concept of work has altered as a result of the pandemic if senior leaders be it apple or elsewhere don't wake up to this seismic shift employees will walk out the door to an organization and go to an organization that gets it take this job. We also heard from SAP this week. Another mega corporation, uh, after regular surveys of its workers, SAP announced employees will be able to work from home, at the office, or remotely, and will be able to set flexible schedules. SAP will redesign its offices to make more space for teamwork and collaboration. An internal survey revealed 94% of employees said they plan to take advantage of the flexibility. Talk to the six percent that said no, and 49% said they plan to work in the office one or two days per week president jill popelka said in a release quote people will need to decide what works best for their schedules what they are comfortable with how often they need to be in the office and how to align with their teams in short sap treats employees like adults so chad are you down with apple or sap yeah you know me
2: SAP actually asked their employees, where Apple's like, "Fuck you, we're going to do what we want." Uh, I love this from the from the Apple message. It was uh, employees also have the chance to work remotely for up to two weeks a year to be yeah. closely to family and loved ones for a change of scenery, manage ex- unexpected travel, or a different reasons all their own. <coughs> Oh, yeah. Managers need to approve remote work requests. I mean, wow. Up to two whole weeks a year, Apple employees are sounding off with, motherfucker, I worked remotely with kids doing school via Zoom, dogs mm-hmm. barking, FedEx showing up at my door every five fucking minutes while driving your productivity through the roof. Tim Cook is giving his employees the royal fuck you. I'm the boss. Get back into the office. And that isn't working the way he'd like, because now Apple is starting the mutiny.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds it's sort of like tale of two strategies Uh, on the side of Apple. I, 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 I see in my mind a conference room with a whole lot of white dudes saying, "Okay, here's our here's our new policy. We'll give the workers bread and circuses in the form of Two days per week, uh, working flexibly, um, and they're they're just going to take it. And unfortunately, a lot of them aren't, and they're revolting against that. And then you have SAP, which apparently has been surveying their employees since since COVID happened and they've been checking on them regularly about their mental health and their, their home life and how can we help and how can we better serve you? And then when they asked, okay, what do you want to be uh, the policy around working from home or not? Employees answered and the company said, okay, we're going to give you what you want. And, you know, one of these policies is sort of, uh, you know, stuck in the past and hoping to, again, Hold on to that that past and, and the way things were, and the other is embracing the future yeah. and work in a whole new way, um, and, and treating people like adults, and that's really positive. I, I I'm surprised by Apple just from the fact that they they play in the Silicon Valley, and and that's where they're you know they they compete against those guys. Google, Facebook, et cetera, on a really high scale. So you would think that market forces or necessity would make them, say, work from home forever. If Facebook is doing it, uh, we are too. If Twitter's doing it, we are too. So uh, what happens will be interesting. Um, I, I think the tightrope we need to learn to walk is how do we keep culture? And, and 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 grow culture and still work from home. I yeah. think that if we figure that out, we've we've done our job. But we're, I think we're a long way from well,
2: that. well. First off, Apple. It's funny you give Apple a lot of credit. They also have slave labor in China. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. So that's they, a you different know, podcast. The chat. Yeah, that, that's a different. podcast. It's the same company. Same company, right? So they oh, no. they were trying to walk the line between slave labor and allowing remote. But but this this in itself, I think, also you talk about culture. Culture is the new pretty much dog whistle for control, where somebody's mm-hmm. like, Oh, we can't get the culture right. Well, if you can't get the culture right, you could not, you should not be a fucking manager. You should not be a fucking CEO. You should not be in leadership because. Today is not 1950, asshole. We need to do business differently. We need to evolve. We need to change. We've already demonstrated that production, productivity, and efficiency happens when we allow autonomy. Now, the second part of that is we're seeing that cybersecurity is now going to be a dog whistle for the exact same fucking thing.
4: Yeah, we both found this really fascinating. And we had, obviously, the the gas pipeline recently go down from a a malware attack or a ransomware attack. And a new story from the Wall Street Journal came out this week uh, that could, I guess, derail the whole uh, work-from-home party. Uh, You said if culture is the new, control cybersecurity may be the new prison. Uh, The hybrid workplace uh, that's being adopted by a growing number of companies could prove to be a, quote, cybersecurity nightmare, says the Wall Street Journal, with employees toggling between office and remote setups and their devices moving in and out of company networks. Company IT security staff are being stretched Thin.
2: OK, Many stop, companies stop, are more stop, stop. This is all fucking propaganda and bullshit. OK, the colonial pipeline
4: was breached. Why? Well, a few reasons. No,
2: no, because there wasn't a two step verification because I.T. and because their systems were not actually up to snuff. That's not a remote employee issue. We talk about going between, throttling between being in the office or being at home. It's called VPN Kids. We've had it for fucking years. You know, to be able to, to create... an environment in which we are safe, right? And there was actually a a survey that showed the percentage of global IT decision makers who believe employees have increased their company's risk of security breached by 83% letting others use their work devices. It's fairly simple. You put a standard operating procedure in place that says no, and if you do, and we should find out that you did, uh, there will be ramifications, 88% downloading software not approved by IT. Lock the fucking machine down, IT. If you can't do your job and do that, then you're fucking worthless. And then last but not least, 88% using personal devices for work. Once again standard operating procedure you put that in place you put rules in place and they have to abide by the rules if you see that they're not coming into the vpn well first off if they're on if you're on a personal your personal system you should not be able to access that vpn again it's all standard operating procedure and these it decision makers are fucking either shitty at their job or they're just designing a fucking narrative that they can fix but they don't want to so fuck them.
4: I just wanted a chance to talk about the rumored uh, ransomware attack on CareerBuilder. That's all I wanted. (laughs) We'll be right back.
2: Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well,
4: wait. The Chat and Cheese has a new LLM. No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about TextKernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of—wait for it—yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously though, seriously, TextKernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh my God! Really? Nacho references already. Anyways. Uh. TextKernel brings efficiency
2: and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your
4: tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about...
2: Extracting meaningful insights from data. I mean, that's something. Swiftly matching people with jobs. Automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources?
4: Uh, We did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, Okay, listener. Get ready to
2: use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's t e x t k e r n e l dot com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs>
1: Last year's Summer to Evolve saw us bring together some of the biggest names in talent acquisition presenting exciting content to help us learn and grow in these evolving times This year we're back to do it all again taking our 8 weeks of virtual sessions on tour for the Summer to Evolve road trip presented by Jobvite Virtually visiting locations around the world we're excited to share more talent acquisition tips tricks and best practices with you
4: Visit thesummertoevolve.com to learn more Ah... Uh... So we talk about chatbots a lot on the show, Chad, <laughs> we but we, we maybe didn't think about it in this in this way. So WhatFix, a company I've never heard of, uh, just raised $90 million in funding led by SoftBank. Yeah, that SoftBank, the one that funded uh, WeWork to the tune of $4 billion or whatever. Uh, so WhatFix's total fund count now stands at $139.8 million. The company claims that its valuation has increased by as much as three times in the past 15 months. The latest investment value The company at about 600 million, significantly higher than 150 million that it was valued uh, during its previous funding round a year ago what do they do? They provide enterprise chat bots to help with everything from onboarding to remote training to performance support. For instance, they they integrate with Workday. So if someone has a question about pay schedules or vacation time, a bot can answer questions instead of a human being. So what happens first, Chad? Does WhatFix get into recruiting or does Paradox jump into WhatFix's backyard?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on how much more money Paradox takes. They'll have to spread out if they take more money. Uh, I think, you know, for the the most part with what there is the, the, the standard FAQ which you know any dumb bot can do. it's, it's an FAQ hierarchical mm-hmm. type of a thing but what they're actually doing is they they're actually in place to, to kind of like train over shitty integrations. I was watching a, a video of one of their clients on the site and he, and he automatically drops moving to Salesforce, and the adoption of a new platform for their sales team. Now, in doing this before and being through shitty integrations and mm-hmm. the sales team not being a part of the design methodology and it all being fucked up for months before they actually get it fixed, there is a huge market for this. Obviously. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> no question, not just for sales, but customer service and all the way through because much like the IT decision makers that we just talked about, mm-hmm. this the all these other decisions decision makers who are are actually making decisions on platforms and then also helping in the quote unquote design methodologies of implementation and usage, none of them are doing their job. They're just total shit, which is why this is a platform that is necessary. It shouldn't be, but guess what?
4: It is. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 actually an incredibly fascinating company. Um, yeah, it is. They've taken they've taken Clippy, uh, Microsoft's little helper from <laughs> the '90s, and sort of brought it into uh, current day. But you're right, being able to integrate like obviously integrations are huge. All these companies are integrating their shit with Salesforce, with Slack, with Workday, and to be able to understand all those integrations and what you do, uh, there's a a need for this shit. I think it's it's really fascinating and uh, good on them. I I think you'll see more competition around here. But if we were playing buy or sell, I think this would be a a buy for both of us.
2: Yeah, no question. Uh, Again, we're talking about shitty management, shitty integrations. We see it all the time. And in our space, oh, my God.
4: And according to surveys, even if they do know how to do their job, they're going to leave after, you know, the pandemic all clears out anyway. So you need to have you need to have bots educating everybody. (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of educating everybody, uh, we've got a good old fashioned uh, superpower uh, face off here this week, Chad. So China versus the U.S. Ding, ding, ding. So a new piece of legislation uh, countering China's growing economic influence has passed the U.S. Senate this week, led in part by Indiana's own. Todd Young, I know... Uh, your wife voted for him uh, It was with bi- bipartisan support Yeah, bipartisan, what the hell is that That's when both parties agree on something Which we haven't seen in a while The bill would invest more than $250 billion Into America's manufacturing, technology, research And development, uh, even after the bill We'll still be quite a bit behind In China's R&D, but hey It's a start My perspective on this is it's a repeat From uh, Russia going to space before us uh, The government realized Holy shit, uh, we need to educate people in and science and engineering and, and all those good things and money flowed into the educational system to get people uh, learned on those, those skills and the same thing, history repeats itself but now it's with China, a lot of the money will go into 5G Uh, all the good stuff for the future. Uh, I'm for this. I assume you are as well. Chad, any commentary on this?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, America (laughs) always needs a bad guy. Instead of seeing China or Russia as the bad guy, how about we look at the American lawmakers who created the situation in the first place? China, they didn't make the fucking policy. So yes, it's bipartisan because it's uh, against China, and we need to mend a lot of shit, uh, most of it called infrastructure. And and just... uh, really quick, beyond R&D, we talk about how we need better infrastructure. Obviously, we have failing bridges, roads, so on and so forth. But also, we had 2 million of our smartest Americans, women, leave the workforce in 2020, which is one of the reasons why childcare needs to be a part of a new thought process of infrastructure, right? So we as an American's Again, need to get out of the 1950s mindset. We need to take a look at R&D. We need to take a look at all of these different areas. But we have to understand that China is playing the long game. Mm-hmm. We are playing the two- to four-year game.
4: Yeah, the next, the next election game. Yes. And I think there are issues around immigration and visas and work visas and, and all that good stuff. I mean, there's a reason why Canada is the new Silicon Valley. At least that's what uh, my wife's feed on Facebook (laughs) says. But yeah, we have a long way to go. But yeah, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, Let's take a quick break and talk a little ice cream.
0: As the best ad tool in the industry, JobAdX has been providing job board publishers, direct employers, agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms dynamic job bidding and real-time ad delivery through our programmatic job advertising exchange. When we started, we described JobAdX as AdSense for jobs. Now, we offer much more with Switchboard and LiveAlert, completing our full suite of dynamic programmatic advertising tools with the best of consumer ad tech. Switchboard offers our dynamic technologies to all partner job board feed management, and LiveAlert eliminates latency in expired job ads via email. For more information about any of our ad solutions, please reach out to us at, at join us at jobadx.com. That's us at j-o-b-a-d-x dot com. JobAdX. The best ad tool, providing smarter programmatic for all your advertising
2: needs.
4: I hope they serve righteous gelato, <laughs> or maybe some bourbon cream, cream bourbon. Oh, oh my god! That's oh, righteous? Awesome.
2: No, righteous gelato has a bourbon
4: flavor. It is delicious.
1: Oh hell no!
4: Come on now. <laughs> See, you get these shipments and I don't. So that's just rubbing it in my face. So. Anyway, all right. Chad, you don't have to be Amazon or Walmart or Target to pay workers a competitive wage. Case in point, Clavon's, I'm guessing Clavon's, Clavons, Clavons, Clavon's Ice Cream Parlor in Pittsburgh. Clavon's. So Pittsburgh. Tell us how to pronounce it. Received more than 1,000 apps after raising their minimum wage to $15 an hour. As you can imagine, a lot of those people got turned down. So the owner is helping those who won't be scooping some Rocky Road ice cream find that work. Posting on social media... Uh, he has said that they have screened applicants ready to work for restaurants and other businesses that are struggling to hire staff. Here's yeah. the kicker, and you'll love this. He won't pass on resumes to just anyone saying, quote, the rule I have with all these businesses that are reaching out and trying to hire these people, you have to say up front the wages you're paying and that it's comparable with what we are hiring for. Uh, if you're trying to get someone at 2.25 an hour or something like that, we aren't going to help you, end quote. And I'm obviously about three drams into this podcast, so I apologize (laughs) if I'm ramming. But I say, boom. And he also added, uh, take that leap of faith, increase your wages, and you'll see the benefit from it. We have so far and think they will, too. I love small town, small business America.
2: Yeah, well, we say it over and over every week that we have to think of different ways even as small businesses to evolve and be more efficient and to be able to ensure that our people are treated fairly which means they they are making a living wage that that they're getting the benefits right that that we're actually feeding our community that's the thing that matters most and to actually see a small organization first and foremost Take the plunge. They definitely need to do. If you take a look at the, if you take a look at wages in this area uh, in Pittsburgh versus the rest of the uh, the state, they definitely need to do that. Uh, but also, they they are holding other companies feet to the fire in saying, look, if you want to hire these individuals, we have given them our promise. Mm-hmm that matters. And this is where loyalty comes from. How many people do you think are going to eat ice cream at that fucking place from now until they die because of this decision and because of the connections they make to prospectively get a job
4: somewhere else? Yeah. And what do you think turnover is going to be at this ice cream shop? Pretty close to zero until school starts again or whatever (laughs) these folks are doing. I mean, we hear so much about you know, we have jobs to fill. We can't hire anybody. No one's applying to jobs. No one's, you know, like you, we hear this all the time. And I go, you know, I try to like, just keep my finger on the pulse and I, I drive around. It's like, I go, you know, past, I'm not eating there. I know what you're thinking, but I'll drive past RB's or Taco Bell or whatever. And it's like, you know, they're paying $10 an hour and, you know, like you just need to pay people, a decent minimum wage and magic happens. Yeah. It's really that simple. Holy shit. We just solved America's employment woes over bourbon and beer. Every single week. (laughs) Saving the world one podcast at a time. Chad and cheese. We out. We out.
1: Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The Chad. The cheese. Brilliant. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing.